the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 5-0 Baby. W-262-CP. Bayonet Point. WTBN. Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Maybe God has just wonderfully stripped you of all that might substitute for him. And I think that's the real issue here. Sometimes we have substitutes for God. It's wonderful to have friends, but don't make a friend a substitute for God. It's wonderful to have a spouse who understands you, but don't let them become a substitute for God. Sometimes we turn to people when we really ought to turn to God. Soon after I trusted Christ as my Savior, Andre Crouch wrote a song that had a tremendous impact on my understanding of my relationship to God. In the first verse of my tribute, he wrote, How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you gave to prove your love to me. The voice of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to thee. Included in those things God gives to us are our spouses, our jobs, our abilities, and our friends. We cannot take credit for anything, nor should we put our ultimate trust in anything or anyone except God himself. Keeping in mind that God is the one who gives us friends can help us to respond in a biblical way when those friends disappoint us. Welcome to Verse by Verse. This is Peter Silseth, and it is my pleasure to introduce these daily Bible classes taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor for more than 27 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Our current study is on the life of an amazing man, King David. After his surprise victory over Goliath, long before he was king, David was the talk of the nation. It did not sit very well with King Saul that this young shepherd boy should be receiving so much praise. Suddenly, the man David entertained with his music was trying to kill him. Rather than retaliate, David fled, but he also prayed. However, he prayed about his situation in a way that was quite different from the way we should pray for those who set themselves against us. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 18 as we continue the lesson that we began in our last class. Well, the next thing that Saul did, because he was jealous and he misunderstood David's heart, was something that, that might surprise you at first. Verse 13 says, Therefore Saul removed him from his presence and appointed him as his commander of a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. He was, David, it says, was prospering in all his ways. And verse 15 said, When Saul saw that he was prospering, he dreaded him. Saul promoted him. You might wonder, that's odd. Why would you promote him? Because the story goes on to say that he promoted him with the thought that I'll put him at the front of the troops. He'll be a commander, so I don't have to kill him. The Philistines will kill him. 
Why should I kill this guy? He's popular. It'll make me look bad. If the Philistines kill him, that'll, that'll answer our problems. So he, he promotes him. And as the story goes on to say, um, it, it just becomes obvious. What he first does is he offers him his uh, first daughter, Merib. He offers him to David to be uh, uh, his wife. David refuses it in his humility. says, I can't become the son-in-law of the king. I'm a poor man, which means I don't have money for a down payment. And uh, no, this is not right, because in those days they would give a dowry, a down payment to the father or the bride. He said, no, this is not right. And uh, so Merib is given to another man to be his wife. Then Saul comes up with another thought. He has another daughter named Michael. And Michael loves uh, David. So he says, uh-huh. I'll give Michael to David and uh, she will become his wife. Only David has to go out and kill some Philistines, bring me back their foreskins and uh, he'll become my son-in-law. That's, that's the dowry. You don't have to pay me. Just, just do that. And that's what happens. But, but in his mind, his intention is David's going to jeopardize his life. He'll be killed and uh, I'll be happy again. That's, that's really what the story is about. Okay, and, and so we're just saving some time by not by not reading it. Now, as, as chapter 19 opens up, David is uh, is married to Michael and uh, and there's a conversation that goes on between Jonathan. Remember, we met Jonathan last week. Jonathan became David's best friend, uh, soulmate. Jonathan has a conversation with his father and he says, well, why are you doing this? David is a great man, and he admires you, and he's your man. He killed the, the giant. He's popular in Israel. Don't kill him. Don't try to kill him, because now Saul, it says, notice verse 1 of chapter 19. Now Saul told Jonathan, his son, and all his servants to put David to death. But Jonathan, Saul's son, greatly delighted in David, and so he, it goes on to say that he tried to persuade him, don't do this. So now Saul's gone from trying to kill him with a javelin to the Philistines killing him. So that doesn't work. I'll get my servants to kill him. And Jonathan appeals to him. He wins the appeal. David, or, or rather Saul says, you're right. I don't know what's gotten into me. Um, no, David can be back in my presence and everything is okay. And it looks hopeful. But as the story goes on in chapter 19 to tell us it didn't last very long. Notice verses 9 and 10. Now there was an evil spirit from the Lord on Saul. It means again, he was sitting in his house with a spear in his hand. I guess he liked playing with that spear. I don't know. And uh, David was playing the harp with his hand, and Saul tried to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he slipped away out of, da out of Saul's presence so that he struck the spear into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. So this took place at night. Then notice verse 11. Then Saul sent messengers. Now he's got hired assassins to David's house to watch him in order to put him to death in the morning. See, it takes place at night, and they're going to circle the house. They're going to wait for him in the morning, and when he comes out, they're going to kill him. But Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, if you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you'll be put to death. In other words, you've got to do something now, or uh, tomorrow's going to be your last day. So she helps him, verse 12. So Michael let David down through a window, and he went out and fled and escaped. And really, from this point on, David is on the run. He's a fugitive. Now, remember, he's not done anything wrong. He just minding his own business, comes across Goliath, says, I can't stand this, I'm going to kill this guy. And uh, all of a sudden, he's on the run. And it's at this point, while he's running away from Saul, that he sits down and composes 
a song, which we know as Psalm 59. So let's turn to Psalm 59, and we move from Saul's reactions of misunderstanding to David's response to being misunderstood. And this is where we want to get very practical. We want to see what do you do when you're misunderstood? And you can't seem to explain it to anybody. I mean, could you imagine David trying to get Saul's attention saying, let me, let me tell you, no, hold, hold it a minute. I didn't, I'm not after the throne. That's all right. You take another spear and throw it at him. So, uh, what do, what do we do? There, I see in Psalm 59 three basic responses that David had to being misunderstood. The first thing we see David do in the midst of being misunderstood is to depend on God alone. He cries out to God for help. Notice verses one through four. Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Set me securely on high, away from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who do iniquity, and save me from men of bloodshed. For behold, they have set an ambush for my life. Fierce men launch an attack against me, not for my transgression, nor for my sin, O Lord. For no guilt of mine, they run and set themselves against me. Arouse thyself to help me and see. As David ran from, from the men that Saul sent to murder him, he simply stopped and prayed for God's deliverance to set him in a place where they couldn't touch him. Now, that may seem obvious to us. Seems, I think it should seem obvious that when you're going through something like this, you pray and look to God. But I know it can't be that obvious to everybody because there are a lot of Christians who don't do this. They take matters into their own hands and they really leave God out. They may come to church on Sundays and sing songs and listen to sermons, but when it comes to the nitty-gritty of life, somehow God is left out. And they take matters into their own hands. They use whatever uh, maybe business instincts they have, uh, common sense, so forth. David didn't do that. In humility, he cried out, God, I'm defenseless. I'm defenseless. They misunderstand me. I haven't done anything wrong, but they won't listen to me. God, help me. I need you right now. I look to you for help. I wonder if it's ever occurred to you that that one reason that God puts us in a painful situation of being misunderstood is for us to really depend upon him. Maybe it's his way, and I do think it is, to get our attention, to really get our attention. Sometimes he does this just to get us to turn to him and say, I really need you. I have to uh, look to you. Pain like this often brings us to our knees, doesn't it? It, it should. It was C.S. Lewis who once said these great words. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks, to us, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. He said, it is a megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Has God got your attention? He certainly got David's attention. Everything was closing in around him. And David now is very attentive to God as he turns to him. And I wonder if that's your case. If you find yourself in a painful experience of being misunderstood, realize that God wants your attention. Maybe you've, you've left him out of this most crucial area and realize that God has so orchestrated this situation in order to, to have you turn to him. And it's during this time, and listen very closely, this is very important, it's during times like these that he often removes from us every crutch, every support 
everything that we might take refuge in. That's a great truth. Think, think with me about David's situation. Who did David have? What did David have? But God. He lost his job. His job was being Saul's musician and the commander of the troops. He didn't have a job, which meant he couldn't talk to his boss. Certainly, he'd throw another spear at him. He couldn't talk to any other soldiers. Could you imagine? Listen, I'd like to sit down and have you explain. To couldn't do that. He couldn't get near anybody. How about his wife? He's just taken a wife who really loves him. Later, she'll despise him. But she said that she, she loves him, and uh, she's just saved his life. He has no wife to talk to. How about his mentor? How about Samuel? Say, where is Samuel? He's not here. He's not here. He's in some other city. He has nobody else to talk to. He's just gotten a best friend. He's just gotten Jonathan. And once in a while he meets with Jonathan, but very sporadic. Now, what was God doing? God was removing every crutch from David in order for David to fall on his knees and saying, who do I have but you and you alone? That's a great place to be in. That's where some of us are at or should be at. Are you there right now? You're wondering, what, what's happened? What's happened in my life? Maybe you don't have to run for your life, but you're going through the pain of being misunderstood. No supports, no crutches, no friends. You are in a great place. It doesn't feel great. I know that. But you're in a great place. Maybe your reputation is being smeared. Unfair criticism. You're just being attacked and you don't know where this is all coming from. And, and you think nobody really understands what you're going through. This is the time to get before God and really have an honest talk. To cry, to weep, to, to ask God for his help, for his intervention. Because that's what David did. That's what this psalm is about. Maybe God has just wonderfully stripped you of all that might substitute for him. And I think that's the real issue here. Sometimes we have substitutes for God. It's wonderful to have friends, but don't make a friend a substitute for God. It's wonderful to have a spouse who understands you, but don't let them become a substitute for God. Sometimes we turn to people when we really ought to turn to God. Sometimes we think everything is secure because we have a job and we have a paycheck coming in and we don't always need God as much. We got money in the bank. Maybe not as much as we'd like, but we have some. We need to be careful. Let me share with you a few verses to just remind you that our trust needs to be in the Lord and not in man. How about that wonderful passage or verse in Proverbs 3, verse 5? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And watch this. Don't lean on your own understanding. Notice that's the same thought of Psalm 59. To depend on God and God alone. Don't lean on your own understanding. We can do that so easily. A verse I recently uh, came across in my own devotional reading was uh, Jeremiah 17.5. This is great. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. It's easy to do that. It's easy to do that. Cursed is the man who turns from the Lord and turns to people. People become his strength. Friends, teachers, mentors, pastors, spouse, relatives. Oh, it's God and, and God alone. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, we are exhorted by the writer to look only unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Look to him. And what did Peter say? Casting all your cares upon your friends? No, upon him. Upon him because he cares for you. So today, 
you know, here's your homework assignment. Get with God. Maybe it's been a while back that you were misunderstood, but it's never been resolved. Get with God. Cry out to him in your pain. Be honest and seek him for his help. Give him your situation and leave it with him. And, and watch God take care of things. So the first thing we do in the midst of being misunderstood is we depend on God and God alone. That is theology 101, but some of us are missing it. The second response in the midst of being uh, pained over, over the misunderstandings we have is pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those who misunderstand you and hurt you. This takes all of God's grace. This takes a lot of grace and strength, but this is biblical. Notice Psalm 59, once again, verses 5 through 8. Thou, O Lord, God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to, to punish all the nations. Do not be gracious to any who are treacherous, treacherous in iniquity. They return at evening, they howl like a dog. They go around the city. Behold, they belch forth with their mouth. Swords are in their lips, for they say, who hears? But thou, O Lord, dost laugh at them. Thou dost scoff at the nations. In these verses, David compares Saul's men who may have been at this point Gentiles because he speaks of the nations now. I'm not sure. But he compares Saul's men who sought his life with snarling dogs who prowl at night. These are not dogs who are cute and you keep in your home. These are mangy animals who, who roam the city at night looking for something to eat. And they're, they're vicious and they snarl. But by saying swords are in their lips, he means that their words are sharp. Their words are offensive. They cut. You know people like this? You know people? I know people like this. They, they just have it in for you. They're, they're cutting. Their comments are cutting. They're sharp. Uh, they, they just seem to have a problem with you, and their words are just strong and sharp and cutting. You can relate to this. So how do you handle people like this? People who are just against you. They just don't like you. They made up their minds the first time they met you they don't like you. Or they used to like you used to really love you, and there is a very thin line between love and hate. You said something, you did something, now you can't get it straightened out, and they, you can't clarify it, and uh, what do you do with people like that? You know, I know what we'd like to do. We'd like to punch their lights out, right? I mean, wouldn't we like to do that? But that's wrong. We don't, we don't do that. We shouldn't do that. We're, we're believers in Christ. What we ought to do is what David did. And maybe we're not going to pray the way David did, but the principle is we pray for them. And I'm going to explain this because I don't want you to think that, um, that we're to pray this way. You might want to pray the way David prayed, but, but don't do this. And I'll explain why. Verse 11, he says, Do not slay them, lest my people forget. Scatter them by, their power, by thy power. Bring them down, O Lord, our shield, on account of the, of the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips. Let them be caught in their pride and on account of curses and lies which they utter. Destroy them in wrath. Destroy them that they may be no more. That uh, men may know that God rules in Jacob to the ends of the earth. Now, you may want to pray like this. Oh, that's great. Strike them down. Destroy them. That sounds good. They hurt me. We'll get back at them, Lord, won't we? I, I want to explain this. The first thing that we need to see is that David, very interestingly enough, did not pray that his enemies would be slain right away. He prayed that they'd be slain, but not right away. First, he said, scatter them and scatter them in the wilderness and then bring them down and Lord, consume them in your wrath. Now, that's unusual because uh, this is an imprecatory psalm. 
And uh, that's just the big word for saying it's a psalm in which David calls upon God for judgment upon his enemies. Usually he says, Lord, do it now and do it quickly. But here he says, no, take your time. Take your time. Uh, let me explain a little bit about why we don't, uh, we ought not to pray this way. We have the enlightenment of further revelation called the New Testament. And in the New Testament, Jesus said, you are to love your enemies and you are to pray for your enemies. Matthew chapter five, you are to pray for them. And um, and he doesn't mean you pray down wrath on them. You pray good things for them. Why is this different? Well, David was very unique. David was the chosen one to be the king of Israel and his enemies were the enemies of God. His enemies were the enemies of God. To attack him was basically to attack God and to attack Israel. He represented Israel as the king. And remember what, what the Abrahamic covenant said. Part of the covenant said this, I will bless those who bless you, meaning the Jewish people, Israel, and I will curse those who curse you. So David is just saying, God, it's obvious that they're against me as the anointed king, then they're against you and they're against Israel. So just fulfill the Abrahamic covenant. We're not really part of the Abrahamic covenant. We're new covenant people. So we don't pray like that. We're not in a unique situation like David. But getting back to David's prayer, why did David pray for them to stick around a little while? Why didn't he just pray like he had in many other places? Just, Lord, that's it. That's it. Get rid of them now. Well, here's the principle and here's the answer. And this answer is consistent with the rest of Scripture. Notice the beginning of verse 11. Do not slay them, lest my people forget. There's a teaching lesson here. Don't kill them right away because I want people to learn from this. Use this as a teaching tool. The reason he wants these men around a while is for Israel to learn from, from God's punishments of them not to do anything like this again. It's correction. Israel learned this is how not to behave. In our next class, Pastor Steve Kreloff will have more to say about praying for those who mistreat us. But our time is running short today, so let's all plan to be back here for the next Verse by Verse. We are glad you could join us today. Pastor Steve is teaching from 1 Samuel about the life of King David. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been serving since 1981. These radio Bible classes are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. If you have been blessed by these broadcasts and God is perhaps encouraging you to help keep us on the air, then our website should be just what you need to get started. The web address is versebyverseradio.org. Look for the Support Us link at the top of the page. You will also find today's class and many previous ones available for listening or for downloading. That's versebyverseradio.org. Now here is Pastor Steve to share a phone number and a mailing address that you can use if you would like to participate in putting these classes on the air. I'm Pastor Steve Kreloff, and it's my hope that you're encouraged in your faith and strengthened spiritually through the teaching you receive on Verse by Verse. We believe that the Word of God has answers for problems. We know that life has stresses, life has pressures. We're looking for answers. We believe that the place to look is the Word of God, and we are uh, grateful every time we hear that someone is listening to the radio, and uh, our program has been transformed by 
by Scripture because uh, the Word of God is not only inspired, but Paul said it is profitable and it will transform lives. So we're grateful that uh, we could come into your home, into your car, and, and help you deal with life's pressures. If you've been blessed through verse by verse, please consider supporting this ministry with prayer and your financial gifts. You can call 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. Or drop us a line at P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. I mentioned a minute ago that you can download the audio of these classes from our website. Perhaps you would like to hear the entire message at one time without any announcements. If so, we have CDs and cassettes available for order by phone. Just call us at 727-239-0306. Leave your name and a phone number and we'll return your call during regular office hours. Back when astronauts and cosmonauts were beginning to make longer and longer space flights, they discovered that extended time in zero gravity was not good. It seems that our bones and muscles need to overcome a certain amount of resistance or they weaken dangerously. For some reason, the same is true spiritually. We need adversity or we become spiritually soft. So, even though we do not like hard times, we ought to be thankful for them. Believe it or not, occasional... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.